Okay, so before we begin, just to... Uh, okay, so today's learning and breakfast is being st- sponsored by Rabbi Halpern. For the yard site, Lilu Nishma, Shraga Fivish Ben Rabiuda Aryu Leib Fivish, Shoshim and Aliyah. And with that, only Shefa Brach and Atzlach and continue Nachas should come to him and to the Homeshbacha. All of Klai Yisrael, Tzavikzchas. Okay, so continuing on with the, um, the lima that we started already in the beginning of Shavivim, talking about the gullus, the klipa of the Erev Rav, the final gullus that we're in. And we're working through the different midos and the different uh, attributes and kachas and nefesh that are under attack in this final stage of gullus. And uh, we're working towards the very end. So, Bez Hashem, and, you know, this week and next week, gullus will be over because we're, you know, we're working on fixing these, uh, these things. So it's coming to a head anyway. Okay, so... so uh, so we're up to now, so again, just to, to chaz over very quickly, and again, usually with the again, for most of you know this, like I, I try every share for it to be self-contained, that you don't have to know anything from before or anything after. But this whole series has really been one long hemshech, so uh, obviously it's easier and better to have heard everything, but I'll do the best we can. In other words, so what we've, what we've established already for, for some time already is that the final stage of our galas and the galas of the Erev Rav are specifically, specifically attacking those qualities that, that turn Yiddishkeit from something that's dead to alive. Those qualities within a person that bring you to be considered to be alive. Alive. To be alive, those are the things that are under attack. And those are the things that we have to work on. So we've been working through them and we've identified that in terms of, uh, of the Midas HaNefesh and the Kaychas HaNefesh, the Ten Kaychas HaNefesh corresponding to the spheres, so the midas, midas of the middle column, those are specifically the ones that express your chiyas, that express your liveliness, your uh, light, your, your, your life, your, the fact that you, that you are alive in every aspect of your life. And those are the midas that are under attack. So we went through Kesser, Das, Deferis, and now finally we're up to side. Okay. Now in a certain sense, the entire discussion, which started by Shaivim, has really been leading up to this midah of Yisaid. Shmir Sabris is connected with this Midah of Yisaid on the body. Each one of these Kaychas HaNefesh, of these ten spheres, correspond to different parts of the body as well. Although they're all, each one of them is, is mental and emotional and so on, but they correspond to different parts of the body. And Yisaid specifically corresponds to the bris, to the bris. So the whole Indian of Shmir Sabris and so on is connected with the Midah of Yisaid. But, uh, as we've been doing until now, I don't want to focus on the most external aspect of the Midah of Yisaid. The most external aspect is, is literally Shmir Sebris and Shmir Sinai. But, but that's not what Yisait is in terms of the Kaycha Nefesh. Again, every single one of these middle columns we've been describing the inner, what's going on on the inside, not, not on the outside, what's going on on the inside. So we have to define tonight, today, this morning, what Yisait means, very quickly and, and as simply as we can, what Yisait means in terms of the Kaycha Nefesh on the inside. What, and, and obviously it, it materializes and makes itself known in all different ways in terms of that organ and that part of life. That's called the brismila. But on the inside, what is the midah of Yisait? And what does it mean in terms of the larger picture that we've been talking about, which are midas, which, which are, are markers and simonim of being alive? Okay, so, so let's begin with the Vilna Gain to, to get a little bit of a, a more... Uh, definitive understanding of what Yisait is. So let's see. Marmaka number one is from the Bir Hagra in Sefer Tukuni Zayi. Now, by the way, just uh, a reminder: like I've been doing, like we've, been, like we saw already from the beginning when we started talking about, you know, Kesser and Das and so on. Every single one of these midas, again, since since all these midas are definitive in terms of a person establishing themselves as being alive, so clearly all these midas are going to be related to Purim, right? because Purim is a yontif, which, God forbid, there was, a, there was a threat to our life as a people, and Baruch Hashem, the nasa Purim means that we overcame death and now we're alive. So Kesser has to do with, we, again, we talked about that, Kesser is negate to Purim, Das, Teferis, and now Yisai. Yisai, you don't have to go too far in the Megillah to see what types of issues there was going on over there with Yisai. I mean, the whole in with Achashverish, uh, you know, the, it was a big baltaiva, and there was a huge level of pagama bris going on over there. The meat, the suit of Achashverish, the whole, I mean, the whole thing is uh, is full of pagama bris. The whole, the whole 
the whole uh, all the the Gaim of of Purim, uh, the enemies of Purim, the 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 the, the Golas of Purim, it's all full of Pagama bris. Which means, on the flip side, the Yontif of Purim is a celebra- is a celebration of Kedushas Abris and Kedushas Hayisaid. That's why it's well known that the month of Adar is the Mazel, the uh, you know the constellation of Adar is, is fish, which is a Mazel of connected with Puruvu, and it's a Masogal Dika thing. You know, to uh, to have Zer Shakalyam in the month of Adar, that's what's brought down from the Svarm already. I think this week is already, it's Parsha Zohar, right? So Parsha Zohar is what's brought down in the Svarm, that to have Kavana by Parsha Zohar. And I get problems with the week of Parsha Zohar also, to daven for the Indian of, of Shemir Sabris and Bechlal and Tikkun Ayesai and, and uh, Zer Shakalyam and things like that. That's a big, uh, it's a big Indian. So it's connected to Purim. Again, the Golas of Purim is something to do with, dist- with a damage of Yisai. And the Gaul of Purim has to do with uh, the Tikkun of Yisai. So again, but we ha- so obviously Yisait is in the mix, but we have to define what Yisait means. So let me give you like sort of one, like very, very quickly uh, what we're going to see from the Vilna Gaon and all this storm. Then we'll, 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 we'll go through a Kiseida, but just give us a picture of what we're going to head towards. What's, what the Indian of Midas HaYisait is like this. Yisait has to do with being alive. But the Chiddush, the Midas of Yisait is... Until now, the previous midas, whether it be Keser, Das, and Teferis, those were all within the person. Like within you, you are alive. How do I know that you are alive? Based on your 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 rutzen, your desire, your investment in what you're do, in, in in things that you want to do, uh, your inner identity with Teferis. It's all about you. The chiddush of Yisaid is your ability to bring life to other things. On a very simple level, that's what Yisaid is, right? Uh, 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 the side is in order to, to be moilet, in order to give birth, in order to bring life to the world outside of yourself. So that's in, a, in its very simple form. But what we're going to learn now is on a, more, on a more subtle level, it means that everything a person does, even things that are external to them, activities, things that you do, day-to-day stuff, drinking a cup of water, whatever it is, to be able to take that experience and bring it to life. Bring it to life. So again, Teferis and Das and Kesser and so on was about you. you. Are you alive? Do you have an inner identity? Do you have an inner name? Do you have an inner core? Yisait is already moving past yourself and being able to imprint life on other things. On a mo- and again, in its most external form, in its most uh, you know, uh, unpackaged form, it literally means to bring a person to life. Like, you know, whether it be to have children or by the big tzaddik, you know, to be chayim you know, things like this, to literally inject a neshama into a guf, you know, and so that's physical. But on a more subtle level, the media of Yisrael is the ability to take a guf, to take something physical, to take a, a dead experience, a dead object, a dead, a dead action, and inject a soul into it. We're going to see what that means and what that looks like, but that's the concept of what Yisrael means. It means l- l- being able to project life into other things. That's what Yisait is. Well, let's, let's, let's work slow. So Maramakah number one, this is a piece from the Vilna Gaon in his commentary on the Tukunei Zayar. Okay, so in Tikkun Mem. So we're going to learn from the Gaon and then we'll move to Maral and Tuchsidis to see where this goes. So we'll see. So the, 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 the Gaon over there is talking about the different terminologies that we find to define a human being, the different names of people. So, for example, we have the word Adam. That's a word for a person. There's a word ish, which is a word for a person. It's different, uh, different terminologies. So the Goyen says like this. We know that a child until bar mitzvah does not have what's called das, right? They're, they're a kadin. So said the Vilna Goyen, now when a person reaches the age of bar mitzvah, so it's not only that now you become a bar das and now uh, you, know, you kick in and now you're chayv in mitzvahs. Says the Goyen, oz nikra ish. Said the Vilna Goyen, in Tanakh, whenever you find the word ish, Ish is always a word to describe that part of a person that is now activated when you become bar mitzvah. Okay? Kamasha Kasav, Kamasha Amru, like the Gemara says in many places, Ish Prat Lakadim. The Gemara always will do this. Whenever, the, whenever there's a parsha or something where it has the word Ish, Ish always means not a cotton. So the word Ish is always a code word for a gadol, for someone that's an adult. The Oz whom he sitra ditzadik. And says the Vilna Gain, and what do I mean by Yish? What does Ish mean? What happens by Vermitzvah? Oz whom is the Tzadik. Then the Mida of Yisaid, which is connected with the word Tzadik, okay? 
shu ish kidua, which is connected with the word ish, that becomes activated. So the, what the Goyen is telling us right now is a number of points. When a person becomes bar mitzvah number one, they now enter into a category that's now they could be classified as an ish. And what does the word ish mean? Says the Vilna Goyen, the word ish means that now the mid of side is activated and powerful and potent, and it's able to redefine a person's entire identity. In other words, what the Goyen is telling us is that the Midah of Yisait is not just one particular Midah and so on. The Midah of Yisait is a, you, it, the, a person's entire identity can be redefined from that perspective of Yisait, and that's the word Ish. So when we talk about, and he'll, he'll explain, because man she'en lo das, under bar mitzvah, so a child is young, under a mitzvah, and what? And they, they're supported by their parents, and, and so on. They're, they're, they're fed by their parents. And he relies, the child relies on, it, on his parents' table. Why? Because food to sustain the body, that's necessary right away when a person is born. He has to support and supply, you know, sustenance to the body. And that's, that's the, the aspect and the quality of the person who's called, in terms of him being called an Adam. So what the Vilna Gain is telling us is, again, this is the idea. We have to then define it further, but just giving us some basic uh, tools to work with. It says the Vilna Gain like this. In Tanakh, again, there's two words to describe what a person is. There's the word Adam versus the word Ish. The word Adam is a word that you, can dis- that you can use to describe a person right away from when they're born. Right away from when they're born, that they're alive and they're functional, they have a body and they need to eat food to sustain that body. That's all under the category of Adam. But already by Bar Mitzvah, what happens is, is that the Midah of Yisait becomes activated. And then once the Midah of Yisait is activated, and now the person can exist through the lens and, of Yisait, now they enter into a new category that's called Ish. So whenever you find the word ish in Tanakh, says the Gain, ish is always a code word, not only for someone above bar mitzvah, but ish is a code word for a person who's functioning through the quality of your sight. When your sight is, is, is a dominant f- a part of that person's life and, and his existence is sort of through the lens of your sight, that's called ish. That's called ish. That's what the Gain says. That's why, by the way, the word ish is related to the word ishus, right? Ish, the ishtai, right? The word Isha says with marriage. Obviously, marriage is related to the Midah of Yisait, right? That's what Yisait uh, is negated to, to have children and so on. So obviously, on a very simple level, the word Ish is related to that word of Ishas. But the Goyen is saying, but it's, it, but it's more than just, than just uh, again, that, that technicality. The, 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 when a person's Midah of Yisait is active and a person is sort of living through that lens, now he's in the category of Ish. Okay, so now... In order to go further and get more closer to what Yisait means, now we have to investigate the word ish, right? Because that's what the guy did. The guy just, just pointed us in the right direction, that if you want to know what Yisait is about, it's all about the word ish. So what does the word ish mean? So take a look at Mar Malkin number 2. This is a maral in, in Parsha Shemais, in Gur Arya. The Pasuk says... Um, not in Parsha Shemais, I'm sorry, in, uh, in Parsha Kisisa, just a few weeks ago, by the story of, um, of the Chet Egel. So we know that Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to Shemaim, and he's gone for 40 days and 40 nights, and, and the Erev Rav in particular, they get nervous, and Moshe Rabbeinu's gone, and so they go to Aaron Akain, and they say, you know, we have to come up with an Avadizar to guide us. Because this ish, this ish of Moshe, this person, Moshe Rabbeinu, lo yedana mahayolai. So it's interesting, the language is funny. The word Zeh is also very, very strange. The word Zeh always means something that you could point to. Adarabah, Moshe Ben is gone. You're not pointing to him. I don't know where he is. So Chazal have a famous drusha to that, right? that the Sutton created this illusion of like an aron, of a casket floating in Shemayim. They said, oh, Kizem Ish, like maybe he was Nifter or something. Okay, but what does it mean on a deeper level? And also the word ish, he's been described as an ish. So again, which means, that based on the Vilna Gaim, is at that moment, that Pasuk is, is somehow connecting Maisha Rabbeinu to the Midah of Yisad, right? And somehow it's connected to the Chet Egel too. So let's see what the Maral does. So Maral says like this, again, in Gur Aryeh, on that Pasuk. Why is Maisha Rabbeinu called 
ish in that, in that Pasuk, in that context, mitnei. So the, the Maral says two explanations of the word ish, both related to Yisoyed, and we'll see how they connect to each other. First, simple explanation, mitnei. Kimilas ish bo al hamiyuchad. The word ish is always a word that you use to describe something that's unique. Something that's unique that, that can't be duplicated. Like this is, it sticks out. Shu ish prati bedavar, someone that has a unique quality that cannot be replaced, that's a, word, that's, a, that's a person that you use to describe the word ish. Lufichach. Ish lo yisrabi. Therefore the word ish is never used in plural. It's never used in plural. See the word adam, for example, that we find in Tanakh, that word can, can be used to describe many people. But the word ish is never used for more than one person. Even when you want to use that word of ish and make it Lashen Rabbim, it turns into a new word, which is Anoshem. All of a sudden there's a nun there. So it's not ishem. That's, not, that's a word that maybe in some Sfarim use, but in Tanakh, that word is not there. Why? Why is ish never plural? Because the whole definition of ish is that th- this is unique. This is unique. And it cannot be duplicated. It cannot be copied. It cannot be just multiplied. It's something special. So instead of Ishim, Chomish will, will say the word Anoshim, Lashin Riboy, Vlay Ishim, not Ishim. And because Maisha Avenu is unique and singular that cannot be duplicated, as the Pasik says that there's no Nevi'im like Maisha Avenu. So Nikra Maisha Ish. So that's why the people are saying to Aaron, Kizem Maisha Ish, If Maisha is gone, there's no replacement for him. We can't, you know, there's no, there's no one else that could step up and be a new Maisha Rabbeinu. So we have to sort of uh, scrap the whole thing and start over again with the Enekel Azov or whatever. Kizem Maisha Ish. So that's the first shot of the morale, that the word Ish always means something special, something unique that cannot be duplicated. And then the morale gives a little bit of a deeper insight to what that means. V'oid Yesh it's a little misprint. There's also another aspect of the word ish, which is part of it's it's al pisaid, a, a wondrous piece of chachma. Kishem ish ba al etzem. The word ish, Maral says now, the word ish means when you're able to. The word ish is a description of 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 something that. Here, let me, let me take a step back before I explain. In the writings of the morale, we find there are two, there are two basic words in the writings of the morale that like, you can't go two pages without, without seeing them. And that's chaymer and sura. Chaymer and sura. What does chaymer and sura mean? So chaymer means physical matter. Sura is already very hard to translate. Sura literally means uh, form. Sura means the inner identity, the inner meaning of something. The example I usually give is, let's say, the Statue of Liberty, yeah? So the Statue of Liberty has a chaymer and a tzura. The chaymer, the matter of the Statue of Liberty, is, uh, it's bronze, right? That's what it is? Copper. copper. Okay, it's copper. So the, sta- uh, yeah. so the Statue of Liberty, now see how much I know. Who cares about chaymer, right? It's all about tzura. So the, 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 so the Statue of Liberty is copper. So that's the material. That's the material. So you could listen, and, and, and so that's what it means. So in, in terms of chaymer, the Statue of Liberty could be very, sim- very similar and duplicated in terms of its chaymer from other things. Anything that's of copper has the same chaymer as the Statue of Liberty. But then there's the tzura of the Statue of Liberty. What does it mean the tzura? What that represents. The symbol of it. The meaning of it. The inner identity. The inner dimension of the Statue of Liberty. That cannot be duplicated. That's unique to the Statue of Liberty. And in a certain sense, not only can it not be duplicated, you can't touch it. You can't even ident- You can't even put your finger on it. I, when I put my finger on the Statue of Liberty, I'm putting my finger on the copper. And the chaymer, the, the physical matter of the Statue of Liberty that I'm touching, is the same material that theoretically I could use uh, with copper piping, uh, you know, in the sink. So th- that chaymer is not unique. That chaymer is not uh, special. It's, uh, it's copper. It's copper. But the tzura of it, what that, meant, what that means and what that represents, not only is it not touchable, it's also completely, I, I can't even share with, uh, with you what, it mean, what the Statue of Liberty means to me. Not much, honestly, but like, you understand. So it's a, you know, I shouldn't say that, it's not nice. We're in, the, in America, we have to be mocker type, whatever. The whole share is about the uh, Erevav, so okay. But, the, 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 in other words, so, but, but what, that, what tzura is, is, it's by its very definition of personal zach. It's by its very definition of personal thing. It's, it's personal, it's intangible, and ultimately it cannot be destroyed. Because even if you were to melt down the Statue of Liberty, what you're destroying and what you're manipulating is the chaymer. 
But the tzura, by its very definition, is untouchable. In the writings of the Mara, that's why you'll find very often that like Chaimer and Surah, another, another way to describe them is like Guf and Neshama. Although it's not purely Guf versus Neshama, but it's also a similar type of idea. Who, who are you? Well, you know, in terms of your flesh and blood, you're kind of similar to everyone else on planet Earth, right? Very subtle differences between any individual people that ever lived, right? So it's very, very subtle. So at the end of the day, Mitzah the Chaimer, pretty much all the same, you could easily be duplicated. But mitzah the tzura, of who you are, your personality, your identity, your neshama, who you are, the intangible part of, part of your existence, what truly makes you, you, intangible, purely hard to describe to anyone else, you know, it's sort of in the eye of the beholder to a certain extent, and indestructible. This is chaymer versus tzura. Says the morale, the word ish, we're going to see in a second, the word ish means a code word for the tzura within chaymer. The tzura within chaymer. Why is it that the word ish means something that's unique and it cannot be duplicated? The chaymer of Moshe Rabbeinu, right, the physical body of Moshe Rabbeinu, the blood and the, you know, the DNA, whatever, the, the physical flesh, that's not unique. Moshe Rabbeinu's body is unique. It's body. What makes Moshe Rabbeinu unique is his tzura. So it's the word ish, so it says the morale, the word ish is, is describing something that's unique that cannot be duplicated because the word ish means not chaymer. The word ish means tzura, which is, which is, being, which is being expressed through chaymer. That's what it means. Tzura, a, 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 something, a, 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 something intangible that's being expressed through chaymer, which actually gives the, gives the object life. The Statue of Liberty, in a certain sense, is alive, not because of its chaymer, but because of its tzura. So it means something, and, it, and, it cons- and, and what that symbol means is up, is a, you know, can be interpreted in different ways. And, and as the generations move on in America, it's redefined, whatever. It, it, it's, it's malleable in that way. It's, it's a certain sense of being alive. This is what Midas HaYisait is. The Midas HaYisait is to take an activity, to take something, and to give it tzura is to give it surah, to turn it into an ish, to move it from being an adam, which as the Vilna Gain said, is a description of a person, let's say, under our mitzvah, where he's pretty much just material. <laughs> he's pretty just material, and there's no deep ideas, there's no deep meaning, there's no, he's just a kid, you know, we're, and we're, tr- we're working with him for him to eventually become an adult. But the definition of godless, says the, says the Gain, is what? Is to move from adam to be an ish. What's the difference between Adam and Ish? And Adam means a person who is primarily chaymer, primarily matter, copper. Whereas an Ish means, yes, the person has matter to him, the person has flesh and blood, but he's primarily tzura. So the Midah of Yisait, therefore, is to be able to inject that sense of tzura into our activities, to bring things to life, to, to inject tzura into things to inject an neshama into things. Let's see how the morale puts it. The third paragraph. There's also a wondrous uh, piece of chachma that one, that in this concept of the word ish. The word ish is always a word that's trying to describe the essence of something. Not the matter. Not the matter. Not the physical matter which, which can be manipulated and changed and, and copied. And it's not unique to this object. But rather, the word ish is a description of, of the essence, of, 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 what, of what is trying to be expressed through that matter. ish el achiv. The word ish is very often used as morale in describing a communication between one person and another. Ish el achiv. Where communication is also not with, uh, it's, not, it's not a matter of physicality. It's when, when a person talks and communicates, who they are is supposed to be coming out. The tzura is communicating. V'chein b'kol makam. That's what you find everywhere. The kol etzem oimid ba'atzma. He says in moral, this is a deeper meaning of why I said before, says in moral, that the word ish always means something that's unique and cannot be duplicated. Why? Because it's the tzura of something that can't be duplicated. The chaymer can be duplicated. The tzura can't be duplicated. The essence of something can't be duplicated. It can't be duplicated and it can't be connected to anything else. It stands on its own. It stands on its own. 
And this is really why Moshe is called the Ish. Why? Not just because he was the greatest and, 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 he, and no one else can be like Moshe Rabbeinu. Why can no one else be like Moshe Rabbeinu? Like if you think about it, the Pasuk says like a, a Gezerah, there's never going to be a Navi like Moshe. Why, why put a cap on Yidin? Right? Why say that no one can be like Moshe Rabbeinu? Why can't we be like Moshe Rabbeinu? The answer is because as he's about to say, Moshe Rabbeinu is the Tzura of the Jewish people. Moshe Rabbeinu is the embodiment, although Moshe Rabbeinu himself obviously had Chaymer and Surah, but on a national stage, Moshe Rabbeinu represents the inner identity of the Jewish people. By its very definition, that cannot be duplicated. That, that's the essence of what Surah is. It cannot be duplicated. Everyone else compared to Moshe Rabbeinu is, is, is Chaymer to Surah. Moshe Rabbeinu is the Surah of the Jewish people, so by its very definition, it can't be duplicated. So Mordechai, Mordechai is also, okay, Mordechai uh, is Yehudi, right, is Yehudi. That's why the Rizal says, very good, the Rizal says that Mordechai is a Gilgal of Moshe Rabbeinu. So the word Ish is also related to Purim, right? Because in other words, the idea is that the word Ish, which is again, as the, guy, as the, as the Grah told us, the word Ish means Yisoyed, it means to be able to see Tzura, to live Tzuradik, to live Tzuradik, not to get caught up in Chaymer, not to get caught up in physical matter, but to see things and to, and to always relate to things from Tzura, from Tzura. What is the deeper meaning? What's, what's the inner identity of this thing? And this is obviously, obviously we can feel this, is that in terms of the Indian of Shmir Sabris and the Indian of Yisoyed, that's the, that's the question. Are you, is the person going to be focused on Chaymer, which obviously leads to Achashverish, right? Or is the person going to be focused more on Tzura, which leads to healthy Ishas? to healthy marriage, and, and, and again, that's the same thing. Why is it that, uh, even though, again, this isn't men and women, but let's say with, uh, with uh, the Cherem of Rabbeinu Gershon, marriage is one man to one woman, right? And even when it was a time where there was such a thing as marrying more than one wife, it was never something, unless by big, big tzaddikim, that are always connected to tzura, it was never recommended for the Amayinam. It was never recommended for the Amayinam. Ishas is always supposed to be bamas between one man and one woman. Why? Well, the answer is, again, it's because Ishas is reflective of Tzura. And again, just as Moral says, the word Ish means it cannot be duplicated. So you can't duplicate that Kesher between a husband and wife with other people. If it's Chaymer, right, if it's just physical matter, physical matter can be duplicated. The copper of the Statue of Liberty can be very similar to the copper of your pipings in your house. So this person, I could have a relationship with, I could have a relationship with that person. Mitzad Chaymer, Chaymer is not unique. But Surah is unique. The definition of the Midah of Yisoyed in Kedusha means to relate to people, to relate to yourself, to relate to objects, to relate to activities, everything, Mitzad Surah, to be an Ish. And when it's Mitzad Ish, then first of all, it's more modest, it's more internal, it's, it cannot be explained, it cannot be duplicated, and it's unique, it's special, it's something that, that cannot be just copied over to other experiences. It's unique. Ishas is unique in that way. Hareyat mukudeshes li, right? That you say to a woman that you are sanctified towards me. Lafuke, to exclude her from having any connections with the, with the rest of the world in that way of Ishas, right? That's, what, that's, a, that's not, in other words, that's not just a, 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 an aspect of getting married. It happens to be like marriage is, is, is a connection between husband and wife, you know, making husband and wife. And it happens to be, like as a side point, it means that she can't marry anyone else. That's not a side point. That's the definition of Ishas. The definition of Ishas is, is that, the, that the connection over here is unique. Right, that's the definition of Kedushin in that way. And so again, why? Because Ishas is a reflection of Ish, which is a reflection of the Midav Yisait, which is to live Tzuradik, not to see things just mitzah the Of course, we relate to things through their physical substance, right? But to be able to see beyond, to use the physical substance as a, as a, as a lens and as sort of a mirror to see the Tzura. So when you look at the Statue of Liberty, you're not just to see the copper, it doesn't look like copper anymore, right? So it, just to, to, to see the Tzura of it, what it means, what it represents. When you see another Yid, not to define them based on their substance, right? Based on their physical who they are physically, but to see beyond it. When you, ex and, and, that, that's what the Midah of Yisait is. Again, so uh, you, you can think of Yisait, you know, when a person wants to work on the Midah of Yisait, yes, like all the way down the line, it means like in Yonah Kedusha, right? In Yonah, 
men and women things. But but really, but but working on the midah within as as one of the kaiches hanefesh is much. It, you have to we have to start much earlier than that. It's not just a matter of of putting up fences and making sure your eyes don't go places that you shouldn't go to, which obviously 100%, when, when there's a begam in that, then everything goes haywire. But if to work on the midah of Yisrael in its root, it means to develop good eyes to be able to see things from their tzura. This is always a, a, a pet peeve of mine. I don't know, it's weird that this is one of my pet peeves, but it is. But the, 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 you know, when people think about the midah of Yisrael in Shemir Sebris and Shemir Sinaim, it's always in the sur meirah. It's always in the negative. Everything has a negative and a positive. So it's always explained in the negative. In other words, not to look at bad things. Right? Not to look at bad things. Isn't Moshe limited to what he became? Isn't his choymev is also different than anybody else? Once the tzura is very, very strong, then tzura can overtain choymev. Yeah, vis-a-vis the rest of the Jewish people. Yeah. This choymev is different. 100%. But vis-a-vis the rest of the Jewish people. In other words, so it's always talked about in the negative, right? not to look at certain things. But every single thing of Yiddishkeit always has an assay taiv, right? The Torah gave us assays and lois assays. Everything has a positive and a negative to it. The positive of Shemir Sabris is never spoken about. The positive of Shemir Sabris is ultimately the more, in a certain sense, the more, the more Yisaitistic, the more fundamental, and in a certain sense, the easier to work on. Because once it's already down the line and you're talking about the negative, that's already der ketzar shiarucha. It's, 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 it's much more... Um, it's much more specific, and I could point to it and say, this I'm not allowed to do, and this I have to work on, but it's harder to do because you're already, there's, there's so much momentum flowing in that direction in terms of making those mistakes that's like, you know, it's an uphill battle. But the eights is sometimes is to go back and to get the very root worked on. The say toy v'shmir sabris is not to not look at bad things, but to look at good things in a good way, in a right way, to work on your eyes, to be able to see things from their tzura, to try to, to try to, uh, do, as we'll see in a second, to engage in things of this world that you're allowed to engage in, but to try to engage them and practice the skill of seeing beyond their physical aspect. The more we can train our eyes to see real, then automatically the, the, the sur meirah aspect of Shemir Sabris will, in a certain sense, almost... Almost, almost the majority, it'll take care of itself because once your eyes are fixed. So it's not just closing your eyes, it's opening your eyes and seeing in the real way. In the Sromak Daishem, this goes back, I mean, in Kabbalah we find this very much, that there's always two aspects to eyes. There's eyes, eyes can act as just a doorway to allow vision, you know, to allow uh, things in. But eyes also have a kayak of hashpa, like I can... My eyes can also be mashpia. It can also influence. It could define. Shmir Seinayim in the Sur Mirah side of things is always focused on making sure pictures don't enter through your eyes. Like eyes are just seen as like just a doorway, allowing things in or out. But it's it's. But in in a, in a positive, it means that there's a kayach of your eyes to be able to define something from their tzura and to bring out the tzura of it. For example, it's a famous thing, Rabbi Shemar Yichai comes out of the cave, right? And whatever he sees turns to fire. Nasan by Eina v'nasa gal shalatzamas. The kayach of the tzaddikim, when they look at something, they can bring out its inner tzur, they can draw out its inner quality. There's such a thing. We know this, there's countless stories of tzaddikim like this. From every chog, from every, uh, you know, from every corner of Klal Yisrael, that you can, you know, put whatever, you know, whatever the tzaddik is, Reb, whatever, right? Because there's countless stories of this. The guy's a Russia, the guy's a Mushchis, whatever it is, and all of a sudden he passes by the tzaddik, and the tzaddik makes eye contact, and the guy's life has changed. Well, what type of trick is that? That doesn't come with, with simply not looking at bad things. That's certainly part of it. But that comes with eyes that have been trained to identify tzura and to draw out tzura. So it's, it's always half the issue of, of, of sur mirah, but there always has to be an asay taiv. And the asay taiv is what we're talking about. That's the word ish. The word ish is not just not having relationships, God forbid, with, anything, with anyone that's, that, that's not the spouse. But ish means having a healthy relationship with the spouse. It's asay taiv and sur mirah. When there's a connection, that's healthy. That's called eyes. No, it has to, exactly, and, it's, and, it's, and when a person works on this quality of being able to have eyes in such a way that focus on surah, 
then not only, then that's called b'mechayim esim. That's called bringing things to life. Because you could have certain, act, you have a person that's, that, that's talking to you, that you're having a conversation with or whatever, and the guy's dead. The guy's dead. What does it mean he's dead? It means he's kulay chaymer. He's kulay chaymer. There's no inner substance. I mean, there is, but he doesn't know it. He doesn't live with it. He's, like, he's, just, he's, just a, he's a walking piece of copper. That's all he is. But all of a sudden, as, as the tzaddik, your responsibility is to be mechayim esim. How are you Mechayim Esim? You're Mechayim Esim by looking at him with eyes of Tzura and being able to believe in him and to try to draw out within him his Tzura and then all of a sudden the guy is inspired and he doesn't even know why. And all of a sudden just have, after the conversation with you he's all of a sudden, you know, he's better in his davening and his amun and his Shabbos and Kashas and he can't even explain it. No one can. And it came simply because you made good eye contact with him. That's the only thing that was needed. That was the only thing that was needed. And that, that's the Kaich of Tzadik. That's why, who's the, of all the Avisaktaishim, who's the one that's connected to Tchiyas HaMesim? So it's Yitzchak Avinu, right? Yitzchak Avinu comes back to life. Right? By the Akeh, that's Yitzchak, right? Even, according, even though he was saved from death, according to Chazal, he actually did die. His Neshama left him, and he came back to life. Tchiyas HaMesim, the second Bracha Shmanesrei, which is connected Yitzchak, is the Bracha of Mechai HaMesim. Yitzchak Avinu is blind. Yitzchak Avinu doesn't see. What does it mean Yitzchak Avinu is blind at the end of his life? So Rabbi Nachman explained that it doesn't mean he didn't see. It means Yitzchak Avinu's, he saw tzura. He saw complete tzura. To such a degree that even in Esav he saw tzura. Even Esav, he only saw tzura. That was, okay, Rivka Yimenu has to tell him, like, you know, he's not all tzura. Right? Esav is not all tzura. But that's, that, that's what Yitzchak Avinu, Yitzchak Avinu saw all tzura. The blindness of Yitzchak is that he didn't see Chaimer, but he, not that he didn't see. He only saw Tzur. His eyes were extremely potent, extremely potent. So much so that he's the Kaich of being Mechaim Esim. That's Yitzchak Avinu. And when Mashiach comes, like the Gemara says famously, the Mashiach comes and, and, uh, and uh, there's going to be a whole list of Averis that the Jewish people have gone through and we're not, the Rav is not sure what to do. And the Ovis and Avram and Yaakov Avinu uh, don't give an Eitzah. And Yitzchak is going to make some funny mathematical cheshven to work out how uh, we didn't do Averis. <laughs> like a funny, like doesn't, until they're 20, it doesn't matter. So once they're 70, people don't live past 70 anyway, okay? 50 to 70. Half the time they're learning and going to the bathroom and, and, and half the time they're, they're, they're sleeping. So how much years are left to do an Avera? It's not a big deal. I don't, what type of math is that? There's a list of a, a 15 trillion Averas and you just like pretend it as if it doesn't exist. What does that mean? Yitzchak is Kulay Tzura. And Tzura doesn't see Chaim. All Averas are Mitzad Chaim. So Yitzchak doesn't see it. It's like, what are you, what are you bringing... These things don't exist. This is the midah of Yisait. Understand this. That the midah, it's not, it's, once you're, once, if Yisait is, if it's all surmeira, surmeira is exhausting by itself. Surmeira is exhausting by itself. If a person is just focused on the surmeira side of things, it's purely exhausting. And, and it doesn't, and it doesn't feel like there's chiyas to it. It's just avoiding, avoiding a ditch. That, that, and, and that's a, that's a certainly, that's, a, that's, that's 50% of Shemir Sabris. But that's only 50%. The other side is a seitoi, which means developing a good eyes. And this is true again. And it's not just a matter, like I said, Shmir Sabris, therefore, is, is, it's, it's a constant thing. The Surmeira is not a constant thing, because you're not always in that Nisayan of seeing something negative. But in terms of developing your eyes, of seeing something in the real way, that's a constant avaida. And, and you have en- endless opportunities to do that, literally. Take a look at Marmukum number, number four. Let's go to number four. <laughs> That's why, you know, let's go to number three just to finish off quickly. In, in Maral and Tveras Yisrael, also going on that Pasuk of Kizeh Maisha Ha'ish. Kizeh Maisha And by the way, that's also what was going on, the, 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 the mistake of the Egel Hazav, is that Maisha Rabbeinu was gone. Maisha Rabbeinu is the Tzura, is the Tzura of the Jewish people. So Maisha Rabbeinu was gone, and now we replace him with Mamish Ha'chaymer. That's what, what, what's Avad Yisrael? Avad Yisrael is Mamish Ha'chaymer. It's a... Phys- it's, it's, it's copper. I mean, it's, in that case, it was gold. Uh, a, f- a physical thing that has no tzura. There's no tzura. And we're, we're pretending it has a tzura. It's a, it's a, it's a joke. That's what Vaitizar is. The Rabbani Shalom is all, is all tzura. This is Kulei Chaimer. So, Maral in, in Maramukha number three in Tiferes Yisrael, also just on that Pasuk, Ki Moisha Nikrezeh. That's also why in that Pasuk it's Ki Zeh Moisha Ish. Why? Yisrael. He's the tzura of the Jewish people, and Moshe Rabbeinu, it, and it was so Moshe Rabbeinu was so potent in his tzura, his eyes were so strong that, it, it, that from the from Moshe, when Moshe Rabbeinu was there, that's what you pointed to. 
when you point to something, you say that's what you're pointing to tzura. Like the chomer was completely bottle. It was uh, it was almost insignificant when Moshe Rabbeinu, the presence of Moshe Rabbeinu, kizem Moshe ish. Moshe Rabbeinu makes the ish makes the tzura aspect of all reality the most pronounced. He makes it zeh. That completes, it brings shlemus to the Jewish people. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu is. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu is. And that's why, by the way, again, going back to the, to the five tzaddikim emes that are, that are focused on bringing us uh, tikkunim from the air of Rav, it begins with, it's all Moshe Rabbeinu. It's all Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe, and then he comes back as Rav Shimon and Nari and the Baal Shem, Rabbi Nachman, and so on. The Yechid Adaris are related to this idea. What is Moshe Rabbeinu doing over here? Because, because again, everything the Erev Rav is about, about being alive. And now this, Midavi side is, is an extreme version of this where you're bringing, where you're drawing out the life of everything you see. Now it's not just within you, you are literally being Mechaim Mason. You are literally bringing everything to life just simply by the way you see it. And all of a sudden, Tzura is, is, is magnetically pulled out of Chaimer. Not pulled out, but it's, it's, you know, it makes itself known simply by your Shemir Sinayim. Simply by your Shemir Sinayim. So take a look at Maram Lakam before as an example of this. Okay? In, in, we're going to give two, two, two Avaidas, two examples of this in this farm. The first example, um, probably a little bit less, um, you know, uh, what should I say, uh, relatable, Less practical, but it's good to see what, how, you know, such a thing. So in the Sefer Derech Mitzvah this is a Sefer from the Tzemach Tzedek, the Lubav Shurevi. So in Derech Mitzvah which is a Sefer that he wrote on, uh, on many of the mitzvahs of, uh, you know, Targ Mitzvahs, explaining them in halach a little bit, and then then will be So in Derech Mitzvah in the mitzvah of Evid Ivri. So it's a Torah that's really coming from the Balatanya. So we know like this, the Pasuk says regarding Yosef Tzadik, who's, Yosef is, is, Yosef is, is Shemir Sabris, that's Yosef is Yisoyed. Yosef is Yisoyed. And that's why, that's why with Yosef Tzadik, everything is matzlich, everything blossoms around Yosef Tzadik. That's not just a coincidence, right? The Hatzlach of Yosef Tzadik is that everything he looked came to life. And when things come to life, things work, right? Things, uh, when things don't work, it's dead, right? Even people have a lotion in business, right? This deal is dead, right? Uh, but Yosef Tzadik had the ability of being Mechai Mason. That's why Yosef is connected with Yitzchak Avinu. Uh, there is already said this that when Yosef Tzadik was in Mitzrayim, his ability to survive Mitzrayim was because Yitzchak Avinu, who according to Chazal knew what was going on with the sale of Yosef, Yitzchak Avinu injected a part of his neshama into Yosef, and that's why when Paro gave Yosef the second name, the nickname of Tzafnas Paneach, when he interpreted the dreams, Tzafnas Paneach, the one that reveals mysteries, so the words Tzafnas Paneach equal numerically Tzafun by Yitzchak, that hidden in him is Yitzchak. What's, what does Yosef and Yitzchak have to do with each other? Yosef and Yitzchak is this idea. Yitzchak Avinu are the eyes of Tzura. Yitzchak Avinu means the Asei Toiv of Shmir Sinai. And Yosef Tzadik means the Surmerah of Shmir Sinai. But you put them together, that's called, that's Tchies HaMesim. That's Tchies HaMesim. So Yosef Tzadik is also the first example of Tchies HaMesim as well, right? When Yaakov Avinu, all the years that Yosef is gone, Yaakov Avinu is Tzibrachin, and he's, he's a shell of himself, like and Yaakov is Madrega. When he eventually finds out that Yosef Tzadik is alive, what does it say? Vatchi Ruach Yaakov Avinu. The Yaakov Avinu comes back to life. It means Yosef Tzadik is the Kaich of Tchis Mesim too. It's connected to Yitzchak Avinu as well. It's the ability of not looking at Chaimer and focusing your eyes on Tzura. And when you have those two things, ingredients, then everything comes to life around you. That's, that's the full Shlemus of the Midav Yisoyed. So Yosef Tzadik is the Midav side. So it says in Pasuk, when Yosef Tzadik is, uh, is working for, the, the, for, for Potiphar and so on, so it says, Vayava Yosef Lasis Malachtai, that day that when Eshes Potiphar attacks him, and he runs away, and he gets put in jail and so on. So it says Yosef comes into the house to do his work. What does it mean to do his work? Vitargumai. So Unculus translates his work. It's based on one of the opinions in the Chazal as well. That to do some paperwork. Cheshbainas, to go do uh, taxes, whatever, whatever the Cheshbainas were that he had to do. So the Baltani already makes the observation. That's your calling Yosef's Malacha. Malachtai, his Malacha. The Yosef Tzadik is always in Shemaim. His Indian, that's his Malacha to do taxes. You want to say that he went to the house to do malacha. But malach dai, that's his malacha? That he's invested in that? That's not. 
So how could be such a thing? So said so Tzemach Tzedek, again, based on the Torah of his grandfather, he says like this, it's taka true. Yosef went into the house and he was involved in, 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 in uh, secretarial work. He's doing cheshbonis, he's doing math. And he's involved in, in, in detailed and difficult inyanim, mental uh, inyanim in this world. Which have the capability of making a person very tired, as we know. The afal pikein, but here's the chiddush of Yosef Tzadik. Here's the eyes of Yosef Tzadik that was given to him with Yitzchak. At the same time, he doesn't see these cheshbonis as mundane. He maybe maybe Tzadik was able to figure out what's going on in Shemayim with these cheshbonis. But Yosef Tzadik believed that whatever I'm doing in this world is simply a chariot, is a chariot for the higher world. I might not be able to explain it. I might not be able to understand why the Rebbeinu wants me to be involved in taxes right now. But if the Rabbana Shalom put this in front of me and this is my malacha right now, then that's my malacha. And I'm going to believe at least believe that there's a tzura to it, that there's a neshama to this experience. What the neshama is, I might not know. Maybe I'll never know. But I believe that there's a neshama. There's something behind the scenes in this activity. I'm not just going to believe in the chimer of it. In other words, until now we've been talking about, okay, so, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, looking at a person just mitzah their body, that's chimer, but connecting to the personality, that's more tzura. But now on a deeper level, it means that everything you're, you're involved with, to believe that what you're doing is simply physical and simply earthly, that's choymer. That's pagama bris. That's pagama bris. But to believe that what you're doing is also godly, and there's inyanim going on that you are not aware of in your day-to-day activities, that's called shmir sabris. That's called tzura. That's called, that's called, that's, that's called defining this activity then this, then that activity can legitimately be called the malach of Yosef Tzadik. It's not a throwaway. There's no, there's no moment in life from the perspective of Yisoid, and this is the avoid of Shmir Sabris and Asayitayv. There's no moment in life that's just a throwaway, that's insignificant, that's meaningless, until I get to a moment which is now significant. Everything is of tachlis. Just you have to believe that there's inyanim going on. Like again. I, the famous example I've given from the Maisa from Nassim Bresov, again, you've heard it from me 50 times, but, but uh, you're right, a Yid goes to Rav Nassim and is complaining he has a hard time with Shadokim, right? And so Rav Nassim says, okay, you know, he gives him a little comfort, you know, Yaakov also had a hard time with Shadokim. Yaakov Avinu. Well, life is history tire. Yaakov Avinu. So Rav Nassim says, no, your life is as mysterious as Yaakov's. Yaakov knew it, you don't. But your life is just as mysterious. That's called the Midavi side. Right? That's called believing in the tzura behind the chaymer of your, of your life. And that's what Yosef Tzadik did. Even though he's engaged in mamish uh, taxes, uh, paperwork, mamish paperwork. Right? But Yosef Tzadik is still seeing himself as a merkava for the shechina. The Yedua Indian Merkava, we know what, what does Merkava mean? It means a sense of complete hisbadlis delikos. And, he's, and he feels nullified to divinity even at the moment when he's engaged in paperwork. Which means that he was mamish in a state of absolute, his badlus of, of, uh, of nothingness, even when he was doing paperwork. Because since the neshama of Yosef and every single one of our neshamas is a piece of the divine presence, and in, in terms of God, everything is uh, bottle, nothing is... Is uh, is ultimately independent. Then, then when you're focused on the tzur, and we all, in other words, what the what the, what the tzaddik is telling us is that we all have the capability of doing this. You have an neshama. If you have an neshama, it means that there's a part of you that's bigger than everything of this world. It's not, you, you, there's a part of you that's bigger than everything. So the more you could connect to that part of you, which is big then when you're in, engaged in things that should just take you down, you're able, to, uh, you're able to engage in them, but being in control, being in control, and be able to have good eyes, not to just allow the experience in, but to actually dominate the experience by defining it based on its tzura. And you say before the activity, I don't know wh- what this is, but I know it's big inyanim. It's big inyanim. What's the big inyanim? Like doing taxes? I have no idea, but it's big inyanim. And that's called giving a tzura to it. That's what he says. Ki ikr siba satirda, he says three lines before the end. Ki ikr siba satirda, the main reason why we get taro, why we get all mavobo, is kish oisek 
when the thing that we're involved in, the choimer of it has its own identity, it's an existence. Then it's like, uh, it's a chash of a thing and it takes us down, right? But if we could be mavatalit and define it based on its unseen surah, then it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't create bulbulam as much. So he says, when, when the thing by itself, the paperwork is just chasha by itself, then you can't think of anything else and it makes you movable. But Yosef Tzadik was in that state of bitl always, that he saw the whole world as bottle to the Rabbanish with those eyes of Yitzchak Avinu. Everything is nothing for the, in, in regards to Elikos. So that's the example in Chabad Chaziz, you find this, that's the example of this Indian of, uh, in, in Tanakh, in the stories of Yosef Tzadik, Lasis Malachtai, that paperwork and taxes, whatever the Cheshbonis are, were able to be redefined as the Malach of Yosef Tzadik, because of his eyes to be able to see it, Mitzad Tzadik. One final simple example of this, it's not so simple, but it, but it, it, it really, Marmokka number five from the Sefer Nesiv Mitzvah this is from the Kamarna Rebbe, okay? The Kamarna was the Kadesh HaKadshim, and it's all high in Yanim. But he, when he wrote this, he was not writing this for, he was writing this for every single year to do this. So he gives us an example of doing something which is not, not mamish, a, a, a trivial zach, but to, to give us an example of Shmir Sinayim in that moment. The example he's talking about is drinking a cup of water. Drink a cup of water, very benign, right? But you know, we don't think of it in terms of like it's a moment of Shmir Sabris. But yeah, it's a moment of Shmir Sabris. How so? She says like this. <clears throat> when you're about to do that action, connect the action to machshava, to your thoughts, to a high place. And the secret, in a, in a, in a, bring some, bring some soid, bring some pnimius to the act. How so? To realize that you're doing things down here. But to realize that it's a remez, that what you're doing is just a reflection of something that's happening above. What does that mean? Kegain. So for example, when you drink water, you drink the water, and you make a bracha, and he says, and he suggests to say this, mamish, to say it out in the open, maybe not every time you drink, but every once in a while. I am doing this to unify the HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Divine Presence. I'm doing this to unify the, high, the heavens and the earth. I'm doing this to unify the God's name. Uh, I'm drinking a cup of water. You might not know what type of yichud and tikkunim are taking place when a Jew drinks a cup of water. And that's fine. Because Hashem, maybe one day we'll get there to learn that together what's going on when you drink a cup of water. But that's not the point. The point is to believe that things are happening. Again, Yaakov Vinu knew it. We don't. But it doesn't change the reality. The reality is when you drink a cup of water, there's an, there's, there's, the oilmists are shaking. Right? So just be cognizant of that and realize that when you drink a cup of water down here, it's simply a reflection of water being drawn down in the higher world. Water being consumed in the higher world. What does that mean? And you have intentions with your mind and your heart. To bring delicious, sustaining waters to the world. What is the waters to the world? It means all good things and ruchnis and gashmis, all because you drank a cup of water, right? Like they say from the, from the Raditshaver, that when he made a cup of coffee, so usually many people make a cup of coffee, they, make, they put the coffee in, then they put milk, right? That's usually the order. The Raditshaver was makbid, first milk, and then he would the, put the coffee in. He said, why? He said, because coffee is bitter. Coffee is bitter, and milk is sweet. So coffee means din, and milk means rachman. And every time a Jew makes a cup of coffee, he said, what you're doing is softening judgments. You're pouring milk, the sweet, into the bitter, and you're making it more palatable. But said the Bredichever, but I want it to be Be'ikr Rachemim, and the din, and the din is, is secondary. So when you make a cup of coffee, and it's first coffee, and then it's milk, you're still making din Iker, and you're, you're softening it with Chesed. Bredichever said, I want it to be Kulei Chesed, with a little uh, din infused in it. Right? So that was the order that he did. So uh, he wasn't talking about himself. He's saying, every time we make a cup of coffee, that's what's happening. So that means, that's called Shmir Sebris. And when you get used to this, every once in a while, then, then I'm telling you, the Sur Meirah, Sayyid Shmir Sebris, is much easier. Because it's, it, it's, it's, because your, your Midah of your side, the Midah of your Ish, is, is being developed in, in a healthy, in a healthy way, and it's not going to need to have these other outlets. It, 
it's healthy. It's healthy. It's derech arucha shikitzara. So Hashem should help us. We should be zaycha to be chayimaisim, bring everything back to life, including ourselves and the whole world. Be as God said, they can hear me. Amen.